I can't believe it. They loved us. I'm wearing a bathrobe, and I'm not even sick. Yo, dudes, awesome show. Oh, <gasps> it's in sync. Word. What brings you to Springfield? We saw your band formation notice in the paper. Really? You saw our BFN? I can't believe I'm eating Millhouse. Word. So anyway, we brought you this wicked gift basket. Stubble glitter, a crowd taser. Crowd taser? Yeah, it's perfect for getting through the fans to your limousine. Oh, yo! Dudes, we gotta go. Our clothes are getting a little out of date. To the Bandana Republic. Word. Now we gotta send them a basket. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode CABF12. It is New Kids on the Blech. I am Dando. And I am Guy. Oh man, NSYNC, eh? It's NSYNC. They were, I've, I've got my notes here, an absolutely ludicrous guest appearance, but for some reason, they are one of, if not the most memorable guest appearance from this era of the show. It's crazy. I enjoyed them so much. I really did. And I think a big reason for that, uh, let's skip to the very end of the episode where over the end credits, they've got that very early 2000 things of, you know, uh, Partly bloopers and partly behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, look how much fun we had making this. Imagine yeah. how much fun you're going to have watching it. But um, InSync are a bunch of young guys who were, you know, who probably grew up around. Well, you know, they were probably young enough to when the when the Simpsons first came. I was like, oh, cartoon prime time, excellent, and grew up really digging it. So when they got to be on the show, they were just genuinely bona fide excited. And you can see that from all the everything that's going on in the. Um, in the recording studio and all that. I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought they all brought such a really fun, winning energy to their performances, just as themselves. I mean, look, I think partly they were, you know, self-aware enough to know that they're, you know, taking the piss a little bit. And partly they weren't. I mean, there's that whole thing with Justin Timberlake and Word, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah. uh, I thought they really, yeah, they were just having a great time and it came through in their performances. Yeah, 100%. I think that's what it is because I mean, they, they were the perfect fit for this episode, weren't they? You know, the fact that they were taking the piss out of boy bands, but they found a boy band who were probably the biggest, besides maybe Backstreet Boys, who were sort of on the downward by this point, but they're probably the biggest boy band in the world at the time. But clearly, they were willing to just, you know, just take the piss out of themselves as well. It just, it just fitted in perfectly. I reckon so. Now, I mean, look, I haven't done the, uh, I haven't run the numbers on who sold more, whether it's Backstreet Boys or Sync or whatever, but I mean, uh, I think those two were pretty much neck and neck. New Kids on the Block were very much sort of... Um, oh, I think they were definitely on the downhill slope or probably history uh, by this stage. Yeah, well, see, this is the thing. I have no recollection of New Kids on the Block at all. They, they, were, they were two before my time. So they were early 90s. Backstreet Boys were my thing. They were the huge band. Backstreet Boys and he had the Spice Girls as well. See, NSYNC mm. were a band that I never really got into. I think I was just that little bit too old for them. So they were like... They took over from the Backstreet Boys for, say, my sister's generation. Thankfully, no one's got a gun to my head at the moment because I don't think I could actually 
name you an NSYNC song off the top of my head? Oh, you know, you I mean, know the one song that I know. It's the bye bye bye. You know that. Oh, one. that's by. Oh, okay, that's that. Because I mean, I know a Backstreet Boys song because it's Backstreet's back, all right. <laughs> that's the o- that's the only reason I know it. Uh, but yeah, as far as NSYNC songs, I mean, I know that that's the one with JT. I, yeah, I was kind of taken with this episode. There was a lot about it that I didn't really remember. I'd forgotten that NSYNC was in it. I mean, it's been a, okay. I don't think I've I don't think I've watched this since it aired back in 2001. But of course I remembered, um, you know, Ivanette Nioja, whatever. And I remember the whole, you know, backmasking and, uh, you know, join the Navy kind of business. That's the, that's the one thing I remembered about it. I didn't remember it all, you know, the first act kind of inciting incident that gets Bart into the band. I didn't remember the marathon stuff. Could, you could you throw that out and it wouldn't matter. You could just say, Bart did something silly and now he's in the boy band. Very much so. And I, I honestly, I'd forgotten about the Mad Magazine stuff as well. Okay. So um, I don't know if this means you need to get a new guest host. <laughs> you need to get a new co-host, <laughs> given that I kind of suck when it comes to The Simpsons, it seems. Because the only thing I remember about this episode is just um, the boy band stuff. I mean, I, I looked at the when I looked at the title, like, oh, new kids on the blech. Oh, that, <laughs> hey, that's very Mad Magazine, isn't it? And, of course, Mad <laughs> Magazine plays a huge part in the um, in the episode. Like, yeah, good one, guy. I, yeah, watching, I was watching it now thinking, I wonder if this, because there's no mention of this in the Wikipedia page or anything like that, but I wonder if this was sort of like some sort of retaliation for... Mad, Mag- Mad Magazine, the actual Mad Magazine, taking the piss out of the Simpsons because not only do they you know blow up Mad Magazine headquarters, but they also somewhat take the piss out of the Mad Magazine writers' room. Well, yeah, I was wondering if that was either like a dig or a sledge, or it was just like, yeah, we know what writers' rooms are like. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I mean, because I'm pretty sure that you know someone in the Simpsons writing room, Simpsons writers' room, probably would have said at some stage. Why don't we call it Everybody Hates Raymond? <laughs> well, that, that that was one of my two favourite moments. Just the laugh that followed that. <laughs> like the, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, loved, I did like that a lot. Now, you mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned that you don't know any NSYNC songs. Well, the, the music that they walk into is actually apparently an NSYNC song called No Strings Attached, which I wasn't aware so of. So I'd heard. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, that really sounds like not a song. <laughs> no. <laughs> Down... Down, 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 down. It's like what? But if, but if <laughs> I, I mean, was... I really enjoyed. I enjoyed it, and I, it gave me a smile and a laugh every time I heard it. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, that's a song. <laughs> but if, if if that played every time I walked into a room, I'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we. I think we need to organise that. I think we need to. Um... <laughs> Put that on your phone or something, so every time you come in, you can just you can just hit it and oh, Dando's here. Uh, uh, now you've mentioned also as well earlier. Let's discuss it now before we get to our favourite moments. The Timberlake word story. Yeah. Now apparently, um, uh, Timberlake was reluctant to say word or make that kind of a running joke because he would say oh, that's something I would never do. Well, it, it wasn't actually it wasn't actually a running joke. It was just that he was only supposed to say it once, but he, because yeah, he I, said because he said to them, "Oh, I would never actually say this word." They're like, "Well, you're going to say it three or four times now." <laughs> that's right, yeah, because I mean, I think even at this early stage, you know, Timberlake's fairly sort of um aware of himself, of his image and's like, "I think we're going to do it the JT way." Um <laughs> so for them to do that and yeah, just make his thing word. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just just throwing it in there for no absolute reason at all. It's just fantastic. Absolutely, it's like you know Joey Fatone, you know, just doing it old school. Yeah. 
Uh, there was something else I wanted to mention as well. Oh, also, yeah, during the end credits, at the very end, just before the Gracie, they actually edited it out. So it sounds like Justin Timberlake says, word. Yeah, that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> so so they must have cut out the part where he goes, that doesn't sound like, and they, they just like sort of swapped yeah. it. Yeah, I just thought it was very, very little fun tongue-in-cheek dig. Yeah. Now, admittedly, he's Justin Timberlake, so I mean, I'm pretty sure he you know, wouldn't be cry, cry, crying himself to sleep over this. This is the kind of thing where you look back and like, They'd be what in their forties now, I'd say, and sync at least, at least, and they look oh, back yeah, now, absolutely. and they must be so thankful they did this because it's it really is a really memorable guest appearance for sure. Oh, I, I yeah, I really dug, and this is probably my favourite thing that in sync ever did. <laughs> what was your favourite moment for the episode? Um, look, I got a few here actually. I mean, I like I did like that whole end credits bloopers behind the scenes thing. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought the bit, the just the side gag with the dehydrated Homer running the marathon. It's like, hey, Grandpa's running the marathon. Oh no, Homer's just out of water. And then he takes a sip and he, you know, bloats back to being regular. I thought that was a pretty funny, uh, pretty funny side gag. But I think my my favorite bit and probably my just my M, my choice for MVP of this episode might be Skinner. He mm-hmm. just had a really he had some real just three great bits in a row that I've written down here. She lives with me. <laughs> <laughs> Your mileage may vary on whether or not you like them or not, but I mean, I don't know where I'd heard, are you adequately prepared to rock? But someone uses that a bit. I don't know if it's in a podcast or maybe someone used it in a song, but I mean, I've heard that a bit and I'd, I'd forgotten it was from this episode, but I love that line. I think that's hilarious. It really is. Um, and just the bit where he's sort of, he's clapping offbeat when he's to the side of the stage. He's really getting into it, but he just can't get the rhythm. Oh, I didn't even um, notice he was doing it off rhythm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the bit where he sort of talks about, but I made orange drink. <laughs> I really liked his, um, and next time you get something stuck in your zipper, the nurse will take care of it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just a lot of winners, a lot of Skinner winners uh, in this episode. I mean, oh, that, you, the whole... You, you, uh, Patent pending, you've just created something there. Skinner winner. <laughs> Skinner winner. Seymour <laughs> <laughs> winners, let's call them. Yes, yes. Um, but the whole orange drink thing, I'm sorry, it just reminded me of a bit from the comedian Bill Hicks. There's a bit in one of his um, his stage shows or his, com- his stand-up routines where, you know, he was always dead against advertising and marketing, but he was very big in England and somehow some England, English advertising firm got a hold of him and asked him to be the voice of some product. And he said, eh, I'm not going to do it. I'll buy it. What is it? And it was just called Orange Drink. <laughs> and he then he, and he was so tickled by that, he just kept saying, he was almost going to take the gig so he could just say, Orange Drink. <laughs> and he just turned that into a, into a bit that just kept sort of studying throughout the bit. <laughs> Orange Drink. <laughs> I'm almost inclined. I'm inclined to sort of, you know, go to an English supermarket and track it down, see if anyone actually makes orange drink. Orange anyway. drink. <laughs> oh, well, my favorite moments. I um, I um, I mentioned earlier that everybody hates Raymond and the laugh. But I also loved. So when they get caught out for for faking the the voices, Jimbo's I'm out of here, and Jimbo just bails. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was very glad I watched this with the subtitles on uh, on our on Disney Plus our pals at Disney Plus because um, there was a lot of sort of little crowd reactions that someone had taken the time to subtitle but I couldn't really make out through all the sort of cacophony and someone someone apparently said you suck out loud I didn't hear that at all <laughs> <laughs> I thought I've got to incorporate that in my everyday speech you suck out loud. <laughs> 
What a what a what a great diss. Next question. You there, eating the paste. It's another round of four-figure discount trivia, this time for new kids on the black. But before we do, I must remind you guys that trivia here on four-figure discount is brought to you by our incredible $20 plus patrons who continue to support us each and every month. Thank you so much, guys. We've got Jordan, Moleman, Richie, the original, uh, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith, Noah Daniel, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering, Kane Von Nagy, Josh Hedge, Sean Devey, Keith Nedham, Sam Bennett, Timothy Belson, Brandon Twitchell, Nick James, Bitch, Cal McDonald, Shannon Hofer, Nicole, Catalina Winemixer, George McManamy, Zach Pruitt, and Jonathan Rossi. Now, I just want to let you guys know that you would think that the easy thing to do would be to just record your names and just play the same clip each and every week. But no, I actually record your names each and every week, brand spanking new because you deserve it. Thank you so much for your support. And also a shout out to Miss Jennifer McKenzie who upgraded her subscription this month from $5 to $8. Thumbs up to you as well. Don't forget, if you want to get uh, access to the Guy Davis New Name Championship and the four-figure discount Facebook group, you just got to be a $1 plus patron. Just $1 for an entire month. That's all it costs, just one single dollar. Patreon.com slash discount. We also get this show early, plus our, all our other podcasts uh, a bit early as well. So you're talking Seinfeld, Towers of Futurama, Take Like a Mandalorian. You get them all early just by being a Four Finger Discount patron. So go to Patreon.com slash discount. Now, Mr. Davis, I kicked off trivia last week, so I believe this time it is your turn. Take it away. Oh, I shall. Okay, then. Uh, when Bart uh, joins the marathon as his Italian uh, marathon runner, uh, the commentator says that he is running on three uh, elements. What are they? Moxie, is that one? Yes. Grit? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know the other one. I know he's going to be tested for it after the race, though. <laughs> that is correct. The third is sheer pluck. I'm going to be honest. The, the whole first five minutes of this didn't really do it for me. I mean, I had a couple of moments, but I don't know. It just felt very rushed. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I mean, it was kind of like... Okay, we've got an idea for this episode. How do we get from how do we get from A to C? <laughs> you know, yeah. so, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did like the well. Well, hang on. We'll, no, we'll talk about what I want to talk about when we actually do the run through. Okay. The yes. 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 Oh, well, my first my first question is: It was which Springfield Marathon? The what? How many? Num- what number? Oh, how that I didn't years? notice. I. Mm, no, I'm sorry, I'm completely blanking. I noticed what was underneath, but I didn't notice how I mean, I saw the tagline, ruin your knees for charity. But I did not <laughs> I see, see um I didn't see how many uh how many marathons that actually run. Please tell me. Brockman mentions it's the ninety seventh Springfield Marathon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's the whole thing about because Jedediah Springfield was running from his creditors. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. I did like that. When are the when Insync's clothes are out of date, where do they go to get new ones? Ah, that's one of my questions. The Bandana Republic. That's <laughs> a good. It's a good line. That one. That is pretty yeah. funny. It was just a thing because right. pe- wearing bandanas was a thing. It's crazy in the early two thousands. Absolutely, you know, like, like Kid Rock War One, and <laughs> I still have two bandanas in my drawer, and I'm waiting for them to come back. Do you? Do you? Did you actually rock a bandana? Um, no, I probably well. Not in the way that, uh, say, Kid Rock or the members of NSYNC did, but uh, because, you know, my hair was thinning at that stage, I sort of wore it as the alternative to a cap or a hat at some stage. I and wore them like, do you know the um, you know the ex-rugby player and author and social commentator Peter Fitzsimons? I don't, but I will look him up. Should I, should I Peter Fitzsimons? He's some old dude. Do- he's a very Sydney dude. He used to play rugby and now he, um, he writes big historical books. 
He's married to Lisa Wilkinson from The Project. Okay. Um, and he writes columns for like the Sydney Morning. Oh, Herald, I the, do know who you mean. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And he's and he's a you know big burly bald fucker. What you and you work you, you work like that? I, not all the time. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'd probably like um, if I was going to the beach or something, or if I was feeling particularly you know fashion forward or daring. And I think probably you know, probably some kid on the beach saw me and went, ah! at which point I said, oh, I'm never doing that again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that Fitzsimons guy, yeah, he just, I mean, he started wearing them one day just as he thought, I'm going to wear bandanas. I'm going to be bandana guy. And I thought, yeah. has he, did he have like a skin cancer or something? Has he had like a big chunk taken out of his scalp and he's just got this on in the meantime as a, you know, as a cover up? And he's like, no, it's a fashion statement. I'm like, eh, it's a. <laughs> I, just it's a it, I, just it, right? I just found an article on the Batuta Advocate that says Peter Fitzsimmons reveals a uh, slipknot skull tattoo beneath his trademark red bandana. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so man. anyway, yes, but 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 bandanas, yes, I, but I still have one or two. Um, well, my final question that I have here for you, then, because you just stole okay. one of mine, is uh, what are the name of the other two bands that LT Smashes formed? Oh bugger! Oh. Think of think of this episode title. Well, I, I know this episode's title, but uh... it's new. It's new kids in the ditch. Oh yep, and boy boy Nuda. boy Nudo. Oh, it is boy Nudo, Yes, because yeah. I've written down here. It's like. Boy Nudo could be read in in a different way. Yes. I mean, it's a take, it's a it's a take on Menudo, the uh, the yeah. sort of um, uh, Hispanic American uh, boy band. But there's that, and then it, almost immediately after it is the whole choreography thing with the crotch grab. And I'm like, between the crotch grab and Boy Nudo, yeah, this kind of you know, I've written down here. Boy Nudo plus crotch grab equals collar tug. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, do I have another? Do I have another question for you, or are if, we not if, supposed you, to? if you've got, if you've got one more up your sleeve, hit me with it. Okay, who directed the dropped a bomb video? Oh, I don't know who was it. It was Ang Lee. Ang um, Lee, okay. The, yes, the art house director of things like Sense and Sensibility, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm. um, and also Hulk. He directed the Hulk with Eric Banner. Oh, the the, the ill fated Hulk. The ill fated one. That's actually really good. Is it really? I've I've never gone to watch because everyone tells me it's no good. Oh, it's it's weird ass. I mean, it's sort of before the whole MCU thing. So it was like, what can we do with comic books? I don't know. Let's let's maybe make some weird ones. <laughs> I remember it being a huge like success because every kid was running around with Hulk hands at that time. <laughs> Hulk hands were huge at that. Mm. I mean, not, and they were literally huge, but they were also yeah. Hulk hands were one everybody wanted under the Christmas tree. Hundred percent. I never got one, but you no, know, there's still time. There's still time. Christmas is only five there weeks away. I'm pretty sure if you went into the dusty corners of the uh, of the pop culture warehouse, <laughs> yeah. you would find boxes and boxes of Hulkans. <laughs> Alrighty, so the original air date for New Kids on the Black was no, uh, February 25th, 2001. Chalkboard gag, I will not buy a presidential pardon. And the catch gag is that the, the wall's like a prison wall. You hear the sirens going off and the family tunnel their way through, through the couch. Okay. So the episode kicks off with... The family watching great moments in Olympic history. And I did like the way they drew the beer can rings, the ring, ho- the can holders. Like they oh, yeah. sort of sh- uh, positioned like the Olympic rings on his um on Homer's table. I'd miss that. That's oh, that's pretty clever. Yeah, well, it was just sort of like so like a transition to the Olympics, and we get all the different yeah. things, all the different people uh, humiliating Adolf Hitler, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> yes, indeed. If anyone deserves humiliation, it's that guy. The reaction that they had him giving, like when the Zeppelin got outrun and stuff like that, was just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's revealed here that the guy who 
was the oldest ever race in a marathon was 38. Homer says that's roughly my age. I think that's a joke on the fact that they never really decided how old Homer is. He's meant to be 39, but he's always like, it ranges from 36, 39, it differs. So I think the, the term roughly was used as a sort of tongue-in-cheek jab at themselves. I always liked, you know, that sort of, uh, <laughs> that's roughly my age, because, I mean, it gives you a lot of leeway. I remember I was, um, a, a few years back before I met the lovely Louise, I was... Uh, <laughs> Going out with this girl, shall we say, and um, she was a bit younger than me, and she asked how old I was, and I, I was in my 40s at the time, and I said, I'm in my very, very, very late 30s. You said that, okay. <laughs> yes. Can, and, she she, still went, and she still went out with me. So there we go. Was she in her very, very, very late teens? Uh, very, very, very late teens, yes. She was a teenager? No. <laughs> She's no, the rub, she was just a rub with it. No, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so Homer says, roughly my age, so I'm going to uh, run in a marathon. I've just decided right now. The Marge takes the piss out of him, says he couldn't even, he gets tired just watching the Twilight Zone marathon. She calls herself a regular Billy Crystal. What is it with people hanging shit on Billy Crystal? I think he had stopped doing the Oscars by this stage. And I okay. think, you know, a lot of, you know, he, of course, he was very big from the whole. From the uh, mid '80s through to eh, let's say the mid to late '90s or whatever, and then he sort of hit that stage where it's like, yeah, we loved you, and now we've got to sort. Now we want you to go away for a little while so we can miss you, but mm-hmm. you're still hanging around a bit and still making these movies that eh, we're not that big on or whatever. And then he got and, Pix- then he got Pixar money. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah, I think there was a stage where it's like, okay, no, we don't want Billy Crystal hosting the Oscars. That's yesterday's news. We want Letterman, and we want. Uh, you know, Chris Rock or Ellen or whoever's doing it, you know. Yeah, yesterday's news. Is Billy Crystal, why don't you get Bob Hope? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can even tell with that whole, with the way Bart reacts to that. I'm a regular Billy Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a sledge. I mean, yes, this Billy Crystal erasure will not stand, man. Lisa tries to support Homer. He just shits all over her, which I thought was kind of cruel. Stay out of this, Lisa. <laughs> And then he randomly says, Marge, I'm taking your job for a day. You can take mine. Then we'll see who has it tougher. I'm like, did they just not know how to end this scene? What was going yeah, on there? Th- that did not really sort of make a whole bunch of sense, given that not, what had no. just gone beforehand. But, you know, it did sort of go off with Homer as as per the uh, the subtitles on, my, on the Disney Plus uh, screening of it. <laughs> Laughing haughtily, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always fun. Uh, we're now at the marathon and as you said earlier commemorating the time Jebediah Springfield ran away or ran six states to avoid his creditors Homer's all ready to go he's got his sweatbands and his anti-chafing nipple tape on on all three nipples not to mention a third nipple yes yes um, and then he starts racing and he experiences what we all experience the second and third wind <laughs> <laughs> and of course multiple walls yes <laughs> It's so true. I remember the first time I did a run after about two years of not running, I got around the corner and I, I, I remember I got home. I pushed myself to go through. I got home. I actually thought I was going to pass out. I could. I, oh. I thought my heart was going to stop. It was just like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Good on you for doing it though. What Props to you for, for getting out there. Burns and Smithers, we get a, somewhat of a racist joke here. Uh, I guess so. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's racist is just again, sort of not nonsensical, but it's... Just not a very good joke. I nah. mean, what, what did he say? Call yourself Chinese. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite get it. I'm like, what's? I'm assuming he's taking the piss I'm, out of Chinese people, but I don't quite understand. I, yeah, I know that it's primarily. Well, I think the 
the rickshaw is primarily an Asian kind of thing, but I mean, what? Why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, comic book guys, just as the Flash falls into the sewer and gets stuck. And then Homer, we get the moment you mentioned earlier with looking like Grandpa, which was a, a funny visual. So now we have, I don't want to mispronounce it, so I'm going to let you do it. We have two races in front, in, in the lead. We've got a, someone from Australia and someone from where? Oh, see, now I've written down that it's an Australian and I've forgotten who the other one is. Well, it's, it's um, a, a place, D-J-B-O-U-T-I. Oh, it's a Djibouti. Djibouti, okay. I, I don't want to mispronounce it. There, there we go, Djibouti. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sorry, because that reminds me of just one of the ultimate dad jokes that I made back in the day. I remember playing like a board game that was like a geography-based board game uh, with my ex-wife, actually. And uh, I'd never heard of Djibouti before. But I said, you know who actually um Do you, know, who to actually interrupt, you know, we've been doing this podcast for like you know, 20 minutes or so, and you've already mentioned three different partners of yours. You are just the lady killer, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you realise how old I am, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would make sense that I'd have more than one partner in that prolonged period of time. Continue. <laughs> um, but I said, oh, oh, Djibouti. And I, I said... You know who actually rules that country, right? She said who? And I said, shake your booty. (laughs) And that's why she's my (laughs) ex-wife. Actually, we had a really really good laugh. I love... Every so often you throw one of these jokes out where you had something with your ex-wife and it always ends with, and that's why she's my ex-wife. This needs to be a (laughs) running... This needs to be a running bit. (laughs) I know. I'm looking all over the internet for it. I can't find the gif of the of the Simpsons evening of the improv thing where they had that comedian who goes, yeah, I, I, I think about weird stuff. You know, what if E.T. and Mr. T. had a baby? Oh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but then he does the... Um, the does come the on, gesture, come, on, like, yeah, come yeah, on, give yeah. it up, give it up, give it up. <laughs> no, I think he also does the... Um, he's the guy that goes, you know, white guys drive like this. Dippity-oo, dippity-dippity-oo. It's that guy. <laughs> I love that guy. And I actually used him as a response today because my friend Mel uh, put up a really just... A very funny but hacky response to um, some Facebook resp- uh, thing that I made. So yeah, I yeah. put a picture of that guy underneath it. Um, <laughs> but if I could get the gif where he's doing the, come on, give it up, give it up gesture. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm going to have to learn how to make gifts just so I can do that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry, but... Um, uh, but yes, the, Djibouti. The, Djibouti. The guy from Djibouti and Australia are in the lead. This is where Bart decides to cheat. He pretends he's from uh, Italy. Eventually, though, he, like, he wins. He gets caught out. Everyone wants to kill him. They want to like jump all over him, just destroy him. And this is where we enter LT yeah. Smash what did, with the what save. Did, what did Mo say? Run a, let's run a ma- marathon on his trachea. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, typical Mo. And LT comes in with the smash, and Bart has to decide, mob, stranger. He goes with the stranger. And um, yeah, so LT Smash has saved the day. I, I also did appreciate the, we'll get to it, of course, the LT, uh, oh, Lieutenant Smash. That's right, Lieutenant LT Smash. Smash. <laughs> <laughs> so Lieutenant LT Smash, or just LT at this point, he's trying to convince Marge and Homer to allow Bart to join his new boy band that he plans to form. He wants Bart to be the, the bad boy, Homer's. I ain't signing nothing unless it's a contract. (laughs) (laughs) So this is where Marge is a little bit concerned. She's not too sure. Now, hold on. I have some concerns. Please, Mom. My dream is to be a rock star. And my dream is to get rid of Bart. But how many lives must you ruin? How many lives must you ruin made me laugh so much. (laughs) Oh, so good. Marge gives in. This is where LT introduces Bart to the fellow band members. 
How great was Milhouse's hair? It was really good. Um, look, I hate to jump ahead to the mailbag, but yeah, someone did ask um, a question about, you know, which uh, which member of the, of the party posse could have a good solo career. And my money's on Milhouse, i got to say. They said the, the new haircut and just, he seemed to... He seemed to carry the whole thing well. Yeah, that, that different haircut makes him feel he's no longer a Poindexter when you look at him. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Also, Ralph, we, however, remains Ralph. <laughs> yes, but Nelson also has the um, like the classic Nick Carter hairstyle, the, the undercut part of down the middle. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I think I tried to rock that for a while and it didn't work. <laughs> but um, yeah so Ralph's there he's a, he's a pop sensation then we get the choreographer and it is a little a little concerning when he's just like and touch yourself right here and you're like oh my <laughs> oh my he's a, I don't, he's a bit of a I don't know if a rip off of um, Sparky spirit. Palastri the, the choreographer bring it on the spirit Gives fingers a- man yes <laughs> yeah that's what he reminded me of although I'm pretty sure the sort of the uh, the bitchy Probably gay choreographer is very much kind of a trope. It so, was, yeah. um, yes. But as I said, the whole boom, boy, you know, followed by touch yourself right there. <laughs> Isn't it funny how Bring It On? It's just your classic chick flick from like twenty years ago, but it's it's one of those films that everybody has seen. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I remember um, I was you know reviewing movies at the time, and I went to see it thinking, oh, "This is going to be a bit." Mm. <laughs> ah, this is always death. No, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't actively dreading it, but I was like, I don't know if this is going to be any good. And just walked out of it and that was fantastic. It was actually very fun. (laughs) It's Yeah, it's a terrific comedy. I mean, uh, you know, Kirsten Dunst is hilarious in it. And, you know, the the music and the routines are all fantastic. And, you know, the romance between her and and Eliza Dushku's brother is pretty cool. It's Yeah, I like bringing on a lot. So LT is now getting them to sing the songs for the first time. (laughs) Nobody told me they'd be boasting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that Millhouse is kind of humble. Thank you, NASA. We love to sweat and we love to sing. We're real funky, but not threatening. We're the best band in the I must say, I wanted to mention this at the start. We'll mention it now. I thought the boy band songs in this were spot on. They really were. Now, something I noted, this came out at roughly the same time as the movie Josie and the Pussycats. Okay. Josie, Josie and the Pussycats came out like two months later. And it's got a, a vaguely, well, very vaguely similar kind of thing about using pop music uh, to, you know... Um, Smuggle in subliminal messages. In in the case of the Pussycats movie, it's about uh, we're using its marketing tool, buy new shit. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna make you buy whatever we want just by smuggling in messages. And you know, in this episode, it's you know, join the military or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's boy band music is really fantastic as well. So I don't know who who wrote it uh, for this episode for for you know, New Kids on the Black, but uh, yeah, it's really bang on. And I'd love to know who sang it as well. I mean, whether yeah. NSYNC actually might have. Uh, contributed vocals or they got someone else but yeah all the all the songs are, are really 
you know, catchy and sort of top notch. I'm not too sure. Cause I, I, what I did was I closed my eyes just before they started singing the one at the school. And I'm listening, I'm like, this, you could tell anybody this was just a song from like 1998 and they would believe you. It's like legit. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. I wonder if they did full versions of the songs for the episode. Is it just only played sections of them? It'd be interesting to know. Yeah. But anyway. We'll have to get on the internet later and find out. So from now on, anything caught in your zipper will be handled by the school nurse and not me. And now, are you adequately prepared to rock? Yeah! Silence. Here they are, the party posse. Yeah! your principal Skinner doesn't want us to play. That's not true. This assembly was my idea. I like your brand of inoffensive pop rock. Screw you, man. We're going to play it anyway. Yeah! <laughs> I saw you last night at the spelling bee. I knew right then that it was Man, they're going to be big. And you stood in their way. No, I didn't. I even came in early and made orange drink. Orange drink? What, do you live with your mama? She lives with me. I did also appreciate the, you know, your principal Skinner didn't want us to play. <laughs> just, just, just. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> and, and then like LT's like the, and you tried to get in their way. No, I didn't. <laughs> just playing the angle. Just good gig. Every bit of Seymour's a winner this episode. I, I, I enjoyed him so much this time around. And sink come to see Party Posse. I didn't realize it until I watched it this time, but Milhouse actually says, it's NSYNC twice. It's really, really good. Um, but yeah, just everything about that performance from NSYNC I thought was just, uh, I'm not going to say they're one of my favorite guest stars, but they're definitely one of my favorite in a long time. I, I reckon so, yeah. I'm, like I said, I just enjoyed them so much. I mean, was it was it Timberlake who said, I can't believe I'm meeting Millhouse? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, really good. Bart is now getting a massage at home and we get the premiere of the video for Drop the Bomb. How good was it, the, the piss take of the classic MTV host? Oh, yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Rock! <laughs> Drop the bomb! 
that yes. You gotta love that crazy chorus. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's like Ramalama Ding Dong or Give Peace a Chance. Even at Niage, you mentioned at the start, it's the only thing you really remember from the episode. 20, what were we, 19 years on, it's still so catchy, isn't it? Even at Niage. It just stays in your head. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it was, I thought this whole aspect of the story worked really well. The final act for me was a little bit iffy when they sort of got away from the boy band aspect and just were all about LT trying to get revenge on Mad Magazine. I thought, eh, whatever. But oh, I yeah, thought, that I, whole I, hippie fantasy thing, I'm like, Wait a minute, what's what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. And then they sort of cut back to hippie fantasy again. And eh, they're fewer and fewer, sir. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. But uh, up to this point here, I thought, yeah, it was really, really good stuff. I did love that, um, you know, Lisa's saying, what does Ivan Netnyoz mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just like, eh, it's just nonsense. It's like Ramalaba Ding Dong. I give peace a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How cool was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I can't believe that didn't make my favourite moment that totally should have been my favourite moment <laughs> <laughs> oh man I mean I love John Lennon but it's true <laughs> <laughs> see I think there's there's you know I think in this episode we've got really sort of good ignorant bullheaded Homer something like that and stuff that you know maybe rubs you a bit the wrong way where he's just you know just having a go at Lisa or whatever or that whole you yeah, know. stay out of this, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, yeah stay out of this, Lisa, or whatever. How many lives must you ruin? I think that's probably yeah, that's probably the nice middle ground between the two. <laughs> so Lisa's just not buying it at all. She says, There's something weird about this video, Marge. Yeah, those girls definitely haven't had three kids. <laughs> 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 then Lisa sees the Uncle Sam message. Very uh, Fight Club-esque, isn't it, with the dicks? <laughs> oh, very Fight Club-esque. I, mean, but that, uh, I don't know if that was actually... I think it might have been a thing that they actually did on on commercial TV, like, very, very early in the process. I mean, I think... I don't know if it actually happened all that much or if it happened at all, but it was well, certainly discussed. A, a or maybe it was an urban legend. Yeah, yeah. The fact that, you know, yeah, they're, they're putting in just, like, flash frames of certain things and, you know, you you may not see it, but your brain did, to quote the people at Red Letter Media. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and I think it was sort of like... Uh, a bit like that whole backmasking thing about... If you play that Beatles album backwards, it says Paul is dead. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> or does it? I've never actually tried or, it. I've never actually played a record backwards. No. I, I think like, I, I, I pay good money for this. I'm not going to you know, fuck up my record and my needle. <laughs> I, 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 I know if you play uh, Baby I'm Amazed by Paul McCartney backwards, it gives you a ripping uh, recipe for lentil soup. <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah we get the Lisa discovers this subliminal message in the video and she starts panicking looks at the window and Otto has automatically decided to join the Navy and doesn't even care that he's being um, brainwashed yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> Lisa is now running into LT this was interesting so I forgot about this aspect that originally she didn't realise it was LT behind it you know she's just she's running to say yeah. the government's doing the government's doing this need to stop it and then, oh no, wait a minute, LT. Well, first we get the tattoos. <laughs> you have any idea how insane <laughs> that sounds? <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, you think that she was running into a, um, a record company called Classified Records. I think that's a bit of a giveaway. 
Yeah, you assume so. So <laughs> it's revealed here that he is Lieutenant Alte Smash. <gasps> a wig! <laughs> and his legs, his <laughs> pants. <laughs> very, very good. So this is where Alte explains to Lisa that, you know, they've always used pop stars to try and recruit people for the Navy. You've got Elvis, uh, Sergeant Peppers, uh, Kiss Army, etc. <laughs> And then the, the three-pronged attack. How good's the superliminal? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, join the Navy. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and I'm afraid, Lisa, I can't let you leave. And she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Marge and Homer don't seem to believe Lisa at all. They think she's been touched by the jealousy bug. I liked this. And I thought Lisa's return was a bit bit full on. So he's just like, I someone's been bit by the jealousy bug. He's just being a fun dad. She's like, what are you doing? You're a grown man. I'm like, calm down. He's just having a bit of fun. <laughs> I uh, know oh it did strike me he was going a little bit far with the jealousy bug. I mean, at that age, yeah, you, 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 I think as well, <laughs> saying this as a man with no kids, yeah. I think as, <laughs> as as they get older, you start to dial down the amount of you know like tickle monster or jealousy bug kind of attack. You know, if you started maybe okay, you're getting okay. Let's say toddler uh, toddler Elliot. Okay, Elliot, you're getting 15, second, 15 to 30 seconds of Tickle Monster Attack. <laughs> tickle now, Monster I, Attack. <laughs> yeah, I think with each year that Elliot grows, you maybe drop it by a second. <laughs> yeah, by the time he's eight years old, he gets like maybe three seconds of Tickle Monster. Tickle Monster, go, Tickle Monster, uh, Tickle Monster, and then you move on. He's like, leave him wanting more. I drop his lunch off at school when he's in grade six. Prepare for the Tickle Monster Attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I'm dreading and fearing in being a dad is when I'm no longer cool to my kids. That's what I regret. That's what I fear the most, I should say. Yeah. Um, it's going to happen, Dan. I'm sorry. I mean, no, you're, of course you're, it a is, very, yeah. you're a very cool dude. You're among the coolest. But uh, oh, no, this, is just a, <laughs> this is just a natural fact of life that one day, yes, kids will find you uh, uncool. Yes. Uh, so they're going to Bart's concert, which is on an aircraft carrier, very subtle. Well, straight, it's straight out of the Turn Back Time by Cher. It definitely is, yeah. Uh, so LT's personality starts to come through, his real personality, when he screams at, Do you, maggots? <laughs> <laughs> the girls don't know what to do about that. But uh, then Party Posse starts singing another song. fucking uh, ball walk was that a thing yeah I thought it was like I thought they were about to do the pendulum do you remember the pendulum I don't know that's the one where you sort of you do the legs from side to side like you know you kick your leg out to one side then the other kicks out of the uh, I, oh okay I, I see what you mean yeah yeah 
I can't explain it, but you, you you've probably seen me do it. <laughs> so what? So one leg comes in and makes the other one go out. Is that what you mean? Yeah, from side to side. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, like a pendulum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I did it at pop culture one day, and everyone just thought I was the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that when you dropped it? <laughs> so I dropped something doing the pendulum. Absolutely. So we um we have then they're doing the double time, and this is where LT's true sort of like self comes out. So he's got the hallucination of the hippies and the thing. Uh, this is where the episode sort of. Doesn't fall off a cliff for me, but it just gets a little bit wacky <laughs> with the hippie fantasy and all that kind of stuff. So the the, the guy rocks up and says, "We're time. Uh, we're going to shut down the uh, Project Boy Band because we've got word of what Mad Magazine's cover is going to be, and they're taking the piss out of them." This is the thing. How long have they been a band for? Like they haven't even left Springfield yet. So how are they on the cover of Mad Magazine? Well, Mad Magazine's pretty cutting edge, man. I mean, they don't let anybody. You know, they they specialize in cutting down tall poppies. So, yeah. you know, why, why even let it become a tall poppy? I mean, if it threatens to become a tall poppy, just cut that one down. Turn them into the potty posse. The voices, their real voices get revealed. The crowd reaction was absolutely incredible. I loved it. <laughs> just, <laughs> absolutely just shocked. And, and, and then when, so LT goes crazy and he steals the, um, the carrier, and all the kids start jumping off and like the water's like two feet deep. <laughs> How funny was it? <laughs> oh, man. So then they arrive at the Statue of Liberty, where are we? <laughs> and he says he's going to blow up Mad Magazine. Not mad. That's our nation's largest mental illness-themed humor magazine. Why don't we call it Everybody Hates Raymond? <laughs> well, we stayed up all night, but it was worth it. Just love that laugh. I thought it was great. And it just, the, it just seems too much of taking the piss for it not to be some sort of like retaliation i tried to find online mad magazine taking the piss out of the simpsons at this time period i couldn't find anything so maybe it wasn't i don't know maybe well, what you're saying the other right. thing is the other thing is i mean mad magazine was a very kind of 60s 70s and i guess 80s kind of thing yeah i think by the turn of the century it was kind of like it's almost a bit billy chrysalis like that's the kind of humor my dad likes you yeah, know, it wasn't really know, cool uh, anymore. My dad read Mad Magazine when he was a kid, so yeah, I'm clearly I'm not going to. Maybe that's the case. Look, it could be. I, I'm, you know, uh, trying to be glass half full and say no. Oh, it's a respectful dig, you know, whatever. But yeah, they may actually be genuinely taking the taking the piss. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, having said that, I did like um, Nelson's bit about you know being a bit annoyed that they were going to destroy Mad Magazine because Tina Brown was going to turn it around. Uh, it's, it's very, it's a very inside joke, but I mean, Tina Brown was like a very well-known publisher. Uh, she'd worked in England and then she came over and I think she took over Vanity Fair magazine and she was kind of like the celebrity editor. You know, okay. I mean, um, if you if you knew stuff about publishing back in the day, it's like, ooh, Tina Brown. <laughs> you know, it's like, ooh, yeah, she's, she's a bit elite. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a... It's a very throwaway gag and it's a very niche kind of gag, but I still got it nonetheless and, and still enjoyed it. Was it like a case of you hiring somebody in to just make your brand seem more worthy? Essentially, yeah. It's like, you know, it was... Um, like a shit like a shit football team paying big bucks to get a star player in just to get people in the in the gates. Is that essentially. I mean, look, Tina Brown was very good at what she did. Not, I mean, of course, not everyone's going to, you know, not every citizen's going to know who Tina Brown is, but I mean, she was more of a a name brand when it came to magazine editors than 99.7% of them. But it's a gag that all kids watching The Simpsons would have no idea what's going on. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But I mean, I, I'm, again, yeah, the parents watching the episode would have gone, 
<laughs> Tina Brown. You know, <laughs> monocle, monocle might have fallen out. <laughs> we gotta mellow him out. But how? We would need the ultimate chill out song. And fast. We heard what you said. Yeah, heard it old school. <gasps> it's in sync! Can the chit-chat, Millhouse. We've got just the song you need to defuse this whack attack. Defuse it old school. About time. Radical! Awesome! I can't read. I can't sing without dancing. Fine. Thrust, spin, turn. Pivot, pout, jiggy. Jiggy, robot, do-si-do. And close with a matrix. Nobody pouts going into a jiggy. Yeah, that's stupid. I want to twirl. Aw, oh, come on, guys. We've only got a few minutes. Uh-oh. Everybody okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. fine. I actually feel better. I did like this. So you think that they're going to save the day, but then Alty just blows up Mad Magazine anyway. <laughs> <laughs> They all survive, though. No one gets injured in the explosion, which is a bit ludicrous, but it doesn't matter. Uh, they all realize that Mad Magazine is going to take the piss out of them. Nelson's. They're going to call me Smelson. Thought it was funny until Homer points out it's because you smell. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of things I love about Homer, more things than not. Um, but yeah, when he gets immature, like he just drops to the, like a, a third grade level with his humor. And just really rubs it in. Uh, it smells it. It's because you smell. Uh, and when he rubs it into a child as well. <laughs> oh, it's marvelous. I love it. Uh, so LT gets arrested, and then the boy uh, NSYNC close out the episode, telling us that you know we've been taking a lot of digs at the Navy, but they say it's it's not a bad thing. You should be signing up and doing your part for the country. And they say they uh, signed up. Was it JC? They signed up. JC Shazaz is that his name? Whatever it was. I think so. Now this got me wondering. I mean, okay. I know who JT is. I know Joey Fatone because he's the fat one. <laughs> um, and I know Lance Bass because I think he's the one who, you know, he was going out with Jennifer Love Hewitt for a while and then be revealed later. It's like, oh, no, I'm gay as. Um, oh, really? But I, yeah, but I could, I'm pretty sure Lance Bass is gay. And also, he, I think he was the one who wanted to be an astronaut. Okay. I know JC, I think- the one who gets taken away at the end, he's the one that sang that song, sang that song um, all day long, I dream about sex or whatever it is. J- JC did because oh, yeah. I couldn't tell. Now it's JC JC Chavez and Chris Kirkpatrick. Is that right? It says Chavez. It's, it's, it's S in his name. Ch- it's Chavez, isn't it? Chavez. Chavez or Chavez. It's it's C H A S E Z. Oh, okay then. Oh, Chavez. Hmm, yeah. Okay, then. Interesting. But he had a song well, all day long. I dream about sex or something. I thought that, that was corn. Corn. I thought corn. <laughs> um, corn no. have that song. Uh maybe. I never listened to it. I remember. Yeah, all day long I dream about sex. Was his was his hit single? <laughs> wow. Okay. Because I could not tell from, him from his and, album and, Schizophrenic. <laughs> was it called Schizophrenic or Schizophonic? Schizophrenic was his album. Oh, okay then. Well, someone else had an album called Schizophonic, and I thought mm, it's still in bad taste, but yeah, at least it's a bit good play on words. But I yeah. could not tell J.C. Chazez and Chris Kirkpatrick apart. No, you know, I, again, I, I think ha- there's that ha- there's that one guy in NSYNC who no one remembers, and to, I think for the Backstreet Boys. It's the um, uh, I can't remember his name because you got AJ, Brian, Nick, Scott, and then it's the other guy. It's like I can't remember. His name. It starts with H. <laughs> the other guy. 
I don't know if I told you this. There was a... You know the you know the network sci-fi S Y F Y that does all the like cheap monster movies and science fiction movies. Do you know that one? Do. Yeah, I'd love sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> there was a they had a movie called Dead Seven. Okay, and it starred like all the members, not all the members, but most of the members of InSync and Backstreet Boys, and it was oh. like a horror western. That sounds fantastic. It it was garbage. It was absolute nonsense. Um, but yeah, it had like you know Joey Fatone and J C and. But it had, yeah, like members of the Backstreet Boys and In Sync, the ones who didn't really sort of go on to do anything else. I mean, JT did not make a cameo in this. But um, um, anyway, yeah. I, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I just that's, thought I'd mention that. No, that's that's awesome. I'm gonna have to check that movie out. <laughs> but <laughs> but all in all, uh, New Kids on the Black, just as fun as I remembered it, if not more. I think I really appreciated N Sync's uh, guest appearance a lot more than I remembered. I thought this was just really really good stuff. It's the kind of episode that many people remember from this era when they say what were your favourite episodes from this from this season whenever they see the one with NSYNC they go oh yeah I remember that one it's always whenever people think about this episode it makes them smile and it, it, that's exactly what this episode did for me when I watched it it's just maybe smiles a bit of fun yeah big thumbs up absolutely look it's it's certainly a bit of a time capsule of uh, yeah the music and the and the trends of the, of this particular uh, period in time a more innocent period shall we say because yes this is uh, early 2001 uh, not to put a downer on things, but, you know, pre-September 11 and all that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, it was a, um, I don't know, we were entering a new a, a new millennium with, uh, you know, hopes and dreams and everything was going to be great. And I don't know, see, the last 20 years ago. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but also, I mean, aside from that, I mean, it's got kicks and thrills and laughs beyond nostalgia value, I think. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good, funny stuff in here. From this day forward, your names will be... It is the Guy Davis New Name Championship for New Kids on the Black. The current leaderboard stands at this in third position. Outright, we have Grode Harryhill on nine points in second position. Josh Hedge on 11 and a tie for first. Alistair Danik and D.L. Gorman both on 12. Hit me, Mr. Davis. Hit you. All right, With your rhythm all right. stick. Look, <laughs> I think uh, as we record this, we may have gone into triple figures. We, for, uh, we for certainly new have, names. yeah. They're, they're, just, they're just coming oh. in thick and fast, aren't they? Again, amazed and uh, yeah, just utterly thrilled by the uh, the effort and ingenuity of our fine fine listeners. Good stuff. Look, a lot of um, a lot of references to uh, modern boy bands this time around. You yeah, things to name check like Five Seconds of Summer, uh, Blackpink, uh, BTS, um, and Nicole Catalina Wine Mixer keeps bringing up a band called Brockhampton who I actually just had to look up, who I think are sort of a hip-hop outfit, uh, they struck me as okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm bracing myself for a torrent of hate mail from uh, Miss Catalina Wine Mixer. <laughs> uh, but, um, look, a few honourable mentions before we get to gold, silver and bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like what Nick James uh, supplied uh, as an alternative title. Justin Timberlake, my ass, is probably Millhouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually very good. I, yeah, I just love to. I just love saying that out loud. It sounds, it sounds really good. Uh, a lot of in sync references, uh, and here are three of my personal favourites. Uh, Jade Fairley gave us unsinkable, mm. not which isn't too bad. I like Josh Hedges very much. Uh, you in sync my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Philip Hawkins uh, supplied us with everything but the kitchen sink. Everything but the kitchen sink. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, yeah. so you do love your wordplay, so thumbs up to those guys. <laughs> I do indeed. And uh, 
Neil Parks as well um, threw in a, not really a boy band reference, but certainly a good uh, a good reference to a, a gag that we enjoyed in this episode. Smelson like Teen Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, Neil. Save Parks. that one. Save that one for the episode that '90s show where Homer takes on the the position of Kurt Cobain. Indeed, indeed. But uh, one point goes to, and this may be this person's first appearance on the leaderboard or any board of that matter, uh, Elise Rose. Elise Rose is not on the leaderboard this year so or this season. So well done, Elise. You're on okay. the board. Uno puento to Elise Rose for propaganda. Ooh, very, very good. Ties in the pop and the propaganda. Well and done. It does indeed. It does indeed. Now, guess what? We've got a tie for two points. So Ooh. two points go to each of the following people. Mm. And I'll tell you why. Because they're basically doing the same gag or the same riff, but with um, slightly different uh, directions, one might say. Okay. So it, would be, it was hard to sort of split the vote in that regard. So I thought, eh, give them two points each. And uh, Who have we one got? of them, well, two points goes to the aforementioned Nicole Catalina wine mixer, Ooh, Catalina. and this is not me. This is not me doing damage control after dissing uh, Brockhampton or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, but uh, Nicole Catalina wine mixer gave us one deception. Oh, that's actually well. That's very well bold. Good stuff, Catalina. It's not bad, is it? But uh, just as good uh, to mine is Nick James with one direction. <laughs> Actually, I think I did see that one. That's very well good. Uh, for, yeah. for me, Doe always works. It's the, it's the easiest one for Simpsons names, but I like it. <laughs> it is, it is. But so uh, I think, I I think mean, that's also it, Nick James' first appearance on the leaderboard as well. Well done, Nick. Nice work, Nick James. Nick, uh, by the way, it's Nick James' bitch, just so you're aware. <laughs> oh, we might have we might have to incorporate that, I think. We might have to. So that's the two... Um, that's the He's two... Nick James' bitch. Yeah. Well, that, that's what he called himself on the, uh, on the Patreon, so that's what I go by. Did he? (laughs) Nice. Uh, Any excuse to, you know, throw in a a Dave Chappelle, uh, Charlie Murphy uh, reference is fine by me. (laughs) And who won? Who got the three points this week? Well, here's the thing. You think I was playing fast and loose when I gave two people two points? I'm giving two people three points. Goodness gracious me. It's all happening. Well, it's coming close to Christmas and I am just handing out, uh, you know, points like it's Christmas time, like I'm Santa. Uh, who was that? You was that you shaking your jelly, your, your jolly belly? That was indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I've, I've actually just got back from the gym because I'm re- trying real hard to sort of lose my Santa belly before Christmas. Uh, Aren't we all? We are. Well, you don't have one. You're. you're oh, I'm the, starting to get one slightly, man. I hadn't done a run since before Holly was born. I looked in the mirror and I went, Ugh. <laughs> "You're the lean, mean dando machine. Don't be fooling us." But guess what? Three points go to Steve Roberts. Steve Roberts. I believe Steve's on the board, right? I'm looking through the names here. Maybe he's not. Oh, he is. Yes. Yeah. So Steve Roberts is now on five points. What has Steve got for us this week? Steve gave us Steve gave us the Black Street Boys. Oh, very well played and works better because Backstreet Boys were a band at the time this episode aired. That is very true. Yes. But another three points go to D L. Gorman. DL just climbing away from the leader from the rest of the pack. What has he got? Yes. Or he or DL she? DL is or not DL they. is not on the down low. Uh, DL is actually up top. Um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm just grasping at straws here. Um, but uh, DL gave us uh, with a hyphen in front. Insidious. 
I think that's good because I mean, you know, it's a fairly insidious plot that. Uh, did you say with an apostrophe or a hyphen in front? I thought in sync had like a little asterisk. Oh yeah, they've got an asterisk, don't they? Yeah, I thought I thought you said yeah. uh, I thought you said uh, um I thought you said did I say a hyphen. You said hyphen. I thought you said hyphen. <laughs> did I say hyphen? Oh god, if I did, sorry. But I mean an asterisk. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, but okay, yep. Um, asterisk, insidious. Mm, very well, very well bold. Well done, DL. He's, he's back, or he, they are back. I um, I haven't seen DL get a point for a while. He would have been a bit mm. scared. He had a, he had such a big lead, or they had a, such a big lead, and all of a sudden, bang, it was gone. But it's back now. I think I think I was being a bit. Uh, I didn't want to be seen to be playing favourites. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying I deliberately ignored fine work by DL, but I'm not not saying that either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well. No, but, uh, as a result so of tell, you are, tell us where we're at. Yeah. As a result of those three points, you've pushed DL back atop of the leaderboard. But in third position, we have Josh Hedge on eleven, Alistair Danik outright second now on twelve, and DL Gorman in first position on fifteen points. And we have roughly about eight or nine episodes left, so there's plenty of time to catch up. People, like Catalina is climbing and clawing away back up there. So don't forget, if you want to be part of the Guy Davis New Day Championship, just going to be a one dollar plus patron. Patreon.com slash four-finger discount. Now, Mr. Davis, it means it's time for us to read through some of the new names that came through from our Twitter followers at FourFingerPod. Make sure you guys follow us if you're not already. Now, we've got one here that I really enjoy. came from two different people. So, we've got this one from at JTrue922, as well as our man at Daz Miller. They say the Bart Street Boys. A little, little homage to the Backstreet Boys there. I like it. Now, at Mick underscore DeMarco, Michael Houston has sent this one in. And he says that I have to sing it in the tune of In the Navy. So let's give this a crack. All right. So, where you can auto-tune your voice And it's revealed that it's all noise Oh, we are just a recruitment band So come out to the sea and leave the land Mm, mm, mm I dig it. I don't know whether my rendition is very good, but I dig the lyrics. Well done to at me to underscore DeMarco. Thank you, Michael. Uh, like I said, guys, at Four Finger Pod, follow us on Twitter so you can contribute your new name to the segment if you're not a Four Finger Discount patron. But for now, I believe I hear somebody at the door. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh! Yes, it was the mailman. It is the mailbag time for new kids on the black. What question should we answer this week, Mr. Davis? I believe you told me you've got one, particularly from Nicole Kelly and a wine mixer lined up that you'd like me to answer. So she says here, who is the best boy band since One Direction and why is it Brockhampton? Well, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to do a little research. None of us have heard of Brockhampton. Nicole Catalina Wine Mixer. Are, are you their manager? I think you might be. Mm, I possibly. think you might be the Svengali who's put this band together. No one's heard of Brockhampton. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm sh- uh, uh, NC Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sure Brockhampton are actually a, a legit band who have a legit army of fans. Did she ask, you know, who's the best boy band since One Direction? Yeah, since One Direction. I didn't know that was... Okay, well, I, I'm going to... Aren't they all in Korea now? Pretty much. And I, I, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, I mean, to quote the great Miss Elliot, I'm going to throw that shit down, flip it, and reverse it and go backwards in time. <laughs> because, you know, the best boy band of all time is is one from sort of around this era... But it's also from around the eerie when I was going out, getting shit-faced and dancing to just about anything. Um, and it's a group of British chavs called E17. Ooh, tell me a song they sing. I definitely know the band name. I thought you were going to say um, Westlife. Look, I'm pretty, sure they had, I'm pretty sure they had more than one, but the one that really got me going, and I mean, 
you look at these guys, they're a bunch of plug ugly bastards. I mean, they're not attractive. Um, and they're sort of dressed in really whack early 90s hip hop garb. Um, but they had a song called It's All Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, all right, everything's going to be all right. That that was you know. That sounds very. It sounds very British nineties boy band. Yes. All right. All right. Everything's gonna be all right. No, it actually was a bit less chav than that. But um, <laughs> if I was, you know, out at a uh, reputable Geelong nightclub like the Lyric or Zulu, um, goodness gracious Geelong, me, you are showing your age now, sir. Actual Geelong nightclubs of the nineteen uh, nineties, um, and I, you know, had a fair few beers or a couple of shots of something, and I heard, "All right, all right." Oh, I'm on the dance floor. And there's no stopping me. Um, so, were you a tape so, back yeah. then? Um, no, they were a bit later on in the in the. Um, well, it says here it says here that uh, E seventeen took on the bad boy image compared to their clean cut image of the rivals. Take that. Oh, well, okay. Then, well, yeah, I don't think Take That sort of did dance music. I think they were more sort of... Um, it was like East Side, West Side, the bad boys, good guys. Could well be, yeah. I mean, there was there was a bunch of British boy bands. Yeah, like, um, I think there actually was, was one called West Side. You know, they had the, what's his name, Ronan no, Keating that, in that, it. No, 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 you're thinking of, um, they said, no matter what they... What were they called? Ah, oh, fuck, oh. I should know this. Hang on, we're going to find this out because they weren't, they weren't called West Side. Because there was West Life... Was it West Life? West okay. Life was a band. They did cover of Billy Joel's Uptown Girl. Boys Own. Boys Own. Oh, boys. They say no matter <laughs> they've what. All, they've <laughs> all got such naff names. I mean, <laughs> take that, Boys Own. I mean, look, admittedly, I'm speaking from a very different perspective here, but I mean, even if they had the most dope track ever, I would not go into a record store, and you want to talk about showing your age, <laughs> remember record stores? Um no, not really. Um, but yeah, going and say, "Have you got the latest Boy Zone?" Yeah, I think I'll get laughed out of the store. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you say record store. I would say CD store when I was a kid because records weren't a thing. Although records now outsell CDs, go figure. But I still remember. I, yeah. I saw a, a picture of an old. Remember Sanity? They still have yeah, some stores yeah. around, but there used to be a giant one at Cry Village near where I used to live, and that was like my hangout. But wasn't at the video store. I was at the music store. I fucking loved it, man, because they used to have. The um the top twenty singles there, and you can put the headphones on and listen to them before you buy them. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Oh, look to go back a little even further in time from when you were hanging out at the record store. I would go to one called Brashes. Brashes. Yeah, Bra- I've, I've I've got some records that belong to my uncle here that have the Brashes sticker on the front, the price tag. Yeah. Brashes was the place for music uh, back in the day when you actually had to buy vinyl because you had no choice. <laughs> was it kind of like the music section of JB Hi-Fi? Was it that kind of vibe? Yeah, a bit like that. Or, or was but it imagine, just, or was it, imagine or was it, that as a whole store. Or was it, or was it just you know, just like a sanity, basically? Um, yeah, probably more like a sanity, okay. I guess. I mean, you know, they had they had records, tapes. I think they also had, like, musical instruments. Uh, really? You could, get, okay. you could get blank tapes there to, uh, you know, if you wanted to make your own mixtapes. Um, yeah, all manner, of, uh, all manner of wonderful, cool music stuff. Send in, guys. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au or just hit, up us up, hit us up personally, guy at, da- at fourfingerdiscount or dando at fourfingerdiscount. We want to hear your memories of going to the record or CD store back in the day because it's nothing but your good f- memories for me. Your physical media memories. Yes, because I'm, right. I'm physical media for life, man. I mean, look, streaming is wonderful, extremely convenient. I love that they've basically brought the video store to my house. That's nice. But there's nothing quite like the sensation of 
actually holding, you know, a, a DVD or a uh, Blu-ray or a 4K or a, or a, or you know a vinyl album in your hand is like it's mine and I can put it on whenever I want and you know Jeff Bezos or you know Ted Sarandos at Netflix can't take it away from me it's mine I love it yes. so um yeah physical media for life is what I say Nick but anyway Jay. we've gone off we've gone off on it's a bit of a tangent there um but yes the answer to Nicole Catalina wine mixes uh my answer to it uh, to her question at least is East 17 although her her question was who were your favorite since one direction I don't have any <laughs> <laughs> oh actually no no well look it folds it folds into um another question that uh that our friend Cheryl Cheryl I'm gonna um, apologize in advance for butchering your surname here was newski was newski um, yeah it's about right yeah she asked about guilty pleasure boy bands, and if I'm if I may, I mean, I was watching an episode of Saturday Night Live. I think maybe last year, or possibly the year before. I think it was probably last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I watched it because Emma Stone was hosting. Because whew, Emma Stone. Um, apologies to the lovely Louise, but uh, Emma Stone. Um, and I knew that. Um, I well, I'd heard that the Music Lack was this uh, Korean boy band called BTS. And I'm like, they're hey, how much huge now, man. They are monstrous. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, I, I initially didn't pay any attention. I just sort of zipped through that. I, I fast forwarded through it. I thought, eh. one night I was rewatching because you can never have enough Emma Stone. And I thought, well, I'll give it. I'll give it a go. I'll see what this song's like. And I rewound it and watched it like four times. Really? I have yeah, not checked like, their stuff out yet. No. Yeah, well, the song was called. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking about an embarrassing, you know, a band called Boyzone was. the The song was "Boy with Love" and it's spelled L U V. Uh, it's insanely catchy. This is going to be and, incredibly racist of me. I apologize in advance, but do they sing in English? Um, a bit of both, okay. Actually, and I think this might be sort of a a bit of a K pop staple that the bulk of it is in Korean, but there'll be the occasional English thing. Th- uh, like like Gangnam Style, <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, um, I mean, in Boy with Love, you can hear them say something like uh, "text me" or something along those mm-hmm. lines. So there's, you know, the odd English fa- uh, phrase thrown in. And I think um, the um, the singer Halsey like joined in, and and maybe if they if they were trying to break into the American market, so they did a remix with Halsey singing like backup or something. Okay, so um, yeah, but um. They were just, you could tell that they were part of this whole K-pop machine that just, you know, is basically run by LT Smash. Because, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, okay, dance move, dance move, dance move. And, you know, nothing about it looks organic. It's like you have just had these moves drilled into you, but they do it so well that it appears completely spontaneous. Such I mean, a well-oiled machine, yeah. Yeah, I was absolutely bewitched. I was like, oh, my God, this... If I was hearing this when I was 16, I would, you know, go to the concert and just be, oh, my God, BTS. Um, you're the choreographer. I was, yeah, I was, I was ready to do it for almost, you know, 35 years later and be going, BTS, yeah, I'm joining the army. That's their <laughs> that's their um, their fan club. It's called the army, apparently. The army. Well, so, we, had, we had BTS pops at work and it was like a seven pack. It was worth like well over $100. We we're like, fuck, no one knows who these guys are. We'll take like fuck all. And we sold out in like a couple of weeks. We're like, what is going on here? Absolutely. Oh, look, I went down a complete rabbit hole after watching the uh, their two numbers on um, on SNL. And it was hilarious also because Emma Stone introduces them. And normally when there's a band on, it's like, eh, you know, oh, this is nice. and But a polite, subdued kind of, hey, good that you're here, guys. Honestly, it was like the Beatles showed up. You could actually, 
clearly they'd um, put the word out that BTS was going to be appearing on this episode. And a whole bunch of teenagers, and I'm assuming teenage girls, had booked their tickets or, you know, just really gone the full court press to get in. And you could hear them whenever, you know, someone had a solo. It's like, I <laughs> guarantee you the LT smash of that band made sure it was only young girls in the audience. <laughs> Quite possibly. But um, I actually, I went down a real rabbit hole after watching the two um, their two numbers and was sort of looking for, you know, docos about them on YouTube. And uh, they sort of showed early bits and pieces of, of BTS, you know, before they got assembled and turned into the Avengers of K-pop. Um and, you know, one of them was, like, in the underground Korean hip-hop scene and uh, they showed him doing, like, a rap battle, like, out of 8 Mile. It's like, well, these guys are really good. I mean, it, it was kind of eye-opening. Okay, I, felt, yeah. I felt like I was sort of, you know, taking a step into the future. It's like, hmm, wow, there's there's more to music than, I don't know, just me listening to Steely Dan's greatest hits. <laughs> Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> On your physical media. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Now, sorry, sorry, Dando, I've sort of gone on and I've rabbited on far too long. Do you want to talk about your favourite boy bands? Because I know you've got heaps. Oh, I'm unashamedly a fan of the Backstreet Boys, man. Loved them when I was a kid and I still listen to them now. I mean, I, when I, I ironically listen to them now, but I mean, I still, I laugh at, I, I listen to them now as sort of like a piss take, but I still enjoy them. I'm not even going to lie. Mm. <laughs> yeah, have you seen that movie, This Is The End? Do you know that one with Seth Rogen and oh, James no, Franco? Oh, yes, the, the, where, it's, where the world just goes to shit. Yeah, yeah, it's basically the end of the world, and yeah. um, it's yeah, it's it's the you know the apocalypse and the rapture and all that, and at, you know, uh, Seth Rogen and his best friend Jay Baruchel, they you know, they really dig Backstreet Boys and Backstreet's back, and when they finally go to heaven at the very end, spoiler, um, you know, they're welcomed and say, you know, it's heaven, you can have anything you like, and Jay goes anything so he clicks his fingers and then the backstreet boys show up yeah. everyone does the backstreet back dance i remember that it's, now, a, it's, a, it's a lovely ending <laughs> that movie was surprisingly a lot better than i thought it was going to be i remember it was really good yeah yeah uh next question here comes from nick james bitch he says if you guys were in a boy band what personalities would you each take on eg the cool one the cute one i'd be like the the nice guy you know the one that all the girls uh you know Want to be with, but don't really want to be with. They want to be with the bad boy, but they'll, they'll take me. The bad boy's already taken. <laughs> they'll they'll settle down with you eventually. Yeah. Yes, eventually. That's yeah. the key word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to have to sort of look on with a you know one single tear rolling down your cheek as she rides off on the back of Donnie Wahlberg's motorcycle. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but you know, but eventually she's going to come back and say, "Please, Dando, <laughs> it was always you, Dando." Like, yeah. yeah, baby, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think my persona in the boy band would be the kind of shy, bookish one. I'm probably wearing no, glasses. You would, be the, you would be the wise guy. Oh, okay then. Yeah, that's, I, I, could, I, I could also but go like, with that. Actually, I see, I'll take that back. You would be the wise guy. You would be the quiet, reserved one who, when it, but when it comes time to interviews, just has a, just wisecrack after wisecrack, just get, just getting back at the interviewer for trying, for asking stupid questions. I, okay. I, I watched a Beatles documentary really, uh, recently, uh, The Eight Days a Week one by Ron Howard. And oh, I, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, and George Harrison was so smart, like so witty with his comebacks. Ringo Starr as well. I mean, they all were, but I wasn't so used to George Harrison being so outspoken. I thought he was always the reserved, quiet one, but when it came to yeah. interviews, he was just giving it back to the reporters. It was great. They were, they, that's what really was terrific about the Beatles. I mean, they had that, uh, yeah, I mean, they were, you know, excellent songwriters and musicians and just a, you know, a top-notch band, as we all know. But yeah, I mean, they 
they were a great unit. They had everything, I mean, man. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really need to go back and you know watch Hard Day's Night and just the movies they made and help. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but uh, no, I love that about them absolutely. Um, okay, well, I think I, maybe I would be the wise guy. I was thinking that I would be the shy, bookish type who, you know, is sort of is yeah, probably wearing glasses. But when I met that special girl. You know, the glasses come off and I just become an all-singing, all-dancing, all-groin-thrusting, uh, non-threatening sex machine. So you're the, you're the Christopher Reeve of boy bands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's me. <laughs> um, and well, final question. What have we got here? Oh, yeah, for Neil Parks, we've got one here. says, what's your favorite film with Justin Timberlake? He's surprisingly a good actor. I agree. He's a very good actor. Um, he is really good, yeah. Uh, well, obviously, Social Network's pretty good. I, I, I remember enjoying that quite a bit. There's a movie that he did with My, uh, Mila Kunis. Myla, Mila Kunis, that Nicola absolutely loves. can't remember what it's called. It's called Friends with Benefits. Friends with Benefits, yeah. yeah and she that, really likes it, that movie, it, yeah. It is pretty good, actually, yeah, yeah. Because there were two Friends with Benefits movies that came out at roughly the same time. One's called Friends with Benefits, about, you know... Two people who are attracted to each other was like, eh, we're not going to fall in love. That's for squares. We're just going to bone. Um, and uh, naturally, they fall in love because, yeah, of course, that happens. And uh, But there was another one with uh, Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman called No Strings Attached. And I personally thought it was garbage, but a lot of people seem to really like it. That's actually anyway. pretty funny because <laughs> Ashton and Mila are married in real life. <laughs> I <I'm- laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is Jessica Biel in any one of these so Justin Timberlake doesn't feel left out? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah. What, what about you? What, what are your favourite Timberlake films? I, I was actually going to mention Friends with Benefits. I think okay, he's yep. quite a charming romantic lead in that. And he's got good chemistry with Mila and all that. So uh, he did another one called um, called Black Snake Moan that's a really sort of odd movie uh, with Samuel L. Jackson and Christina Ricci. And um, he's like Christina Ricci's boyfriend in it. And he's, yeah, he gives a good performance in that as well. I don't think he's, he, he hasn't really acted for a while, has he? No, I can't remember any recent ones, no. But the thing about Tim Blake is he seems like a really nice dude, but he also seems like somebody you wouldn't want to fuck with. I feel like he could fuck some shit up if he wanted to. Even though he's not a big built guy, I just feel like he could snap and just be a crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about a crazy man, but I think he's sort of built up enough cred and wealth and uh, connections that uh, you know if you've tried to if you step to him and sort of said hey nice one in sync or <laughs> you're bringing sexy back are you you know um, you'd probably end up being dangled out uh, out a window or something oh wow sexy back that's something I haven't heard for a long time goodness gracious me Whew. I'm just looking up uh, Timberlake on IMDB now and just seeing what he's done recently he's you know doing voices in like that uh, those oh, trolls trolls, trolls yeah yeah he did, well he did yeah. the, he did the song for it there was a song for the trolls yeah that which was basically oh you saw that Pharrell Williams uh, is it Pharrell Williams I think people just call, yeah Pharrell or whatever um, he made that so he, he did Happy yeah. for, the Despic- for Despicable Me and um, Timberlake's doing one that uh is not quite as bad a knockoff as some I've heard, but it's like, oh, you want some of that happy money, don't you? <laughs> is it is happy for Despicable Me? Was it, or or Minions, or one of those? Oh, okay, yeah. I just I really don't like that song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it just I know it's meant to make you happy, and everyone's meant to be happy listening to it. But maybe it was just overplayed. I don't know, but it's just it just never grew on me. Yeah, I'm now having a look um, through JT's uh, body of work. There's some, there's some actually not bad stuff in here. I mean, um, 
<laughs> there is some bad stuff. He made this uh, sort of gambling movie with Ben Affleck called Runner Runner, which you know it, basically everyone associated with just disowns, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, oh, but he yeah. also had oh yeah, I forgot about this. He he had like a not a bit part, but a supporting role in a movie called Inside Lewin Davis, mm. uh, which is by the Coen Brothers, who you know did uh, Fargo. Fargo, and, yeah, um, yeah, 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 and um, he's actually really good in that. And there's a it's. There's a scene where him, Adam Driver, and Oscar Isaac um, mm-hmm. are, are recording like this really sort of uh, cheesy '60s pop number about like astronauts or something. <laughs> um, yeah, he does. Yeah, it's him. It's Timberlake, Adam Driver, and Oscar Isaac singing this song called "Please, Mr. Kennedy." It's both insanely catchy and really hilarious. So, uh, yeah, that's very, very good. Hang speaking of speaking just... of films that people have disowned, I feel like the main cast of the new Star Wars trilogy have just disowned the Star Wars franchise already. They kind of, yeah, definitely John Boyega. Yeah, I he's mean, like, he's... I'm fucking out, man. Yeah, I mean, you could see at the, um, I think he said at the at the Rise of Skywalker premiere, he's being interviewed on the red carpet and he's basically, school's out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's sort of doing interviews where he's saying, yeah, you know, I'm not saying that Disney and the people behind the new Star Wars thing are racist, but kinda. You said to everyone, "Hey, look, we've got a black black man actor now—the first time ever, besides Lando, you know, as in a main role on the Star Wars franchise in in a film." And then in the second film, it's like, "Where's Finn?" <laughs> people should be asking, "Where's Finn?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, look, I'm actually scrolling through Timberlake's credits. There's some. Yeah, some interesting stuff in here. I mean, not and not all of it hits, but some of it is good. And um, there's something we mustn't forget. He's like uh, Saturday Night Live, which we mentioned earlier. I mean, it has this thing called the Five Timers Club, where clearly someone does well, and they, you know, sort of mesh with the cast and mess with the people behind the scenes, so they get invited back to host again and again. And Timberlake is actually one of those, and he may well be the youngest. He's up there with guys like Alec Baldwin and Tom Hanks and all that kind of deal. And of course, on you know, he did things like Dick in a Box and jizz in my pants and all that kind of stuff with yeah, yeah. um with the snl crew so yeah props to jt a lot he's got a lot of good stuff going on final question here before we wrap this up uh pat wright says if you dando and mitch this is directed to you guy so if you dando <laughs> and mitch had a boy band what would you be called no direction <laughs> <laughs> the other direction yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to think we'd be called the G-Town G's. The G-Town G's. How would the G be spelt? Would it be like BGs or? Um, I think it would have to be. So G hyphen town. G hyphen town. G double E S. The G-Town G's. <laughs> yeah. G to G. And, and and we would never be a silent G. Could we just be G to G? I don't know. That sounds a bit like a sex act. But it's like abbreviated. So G-Town. Oh, that's a T's now. It doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, GTG. Well. Yeah. GTG. <laughs> it still sounds like an acronym for a sex act. It sounds like a sexually transmitted disease is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how infectious our music is. All, all the kind of drugs you buy in the mall at Geelong. Yeah, GTG. <laughs> <laughs> Got any of that GTG? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Well, thanks for sending in your questions this week. Next week, we're going to be reviewing... Oh, it's another classic from this season. It's called Hungry, Hungry Homer, where Homer goes on a hunger strike to force the local... Uh, baseball team the isotopes to not uh, move towns to stay in Springfield he wants the isotopes to stick around it's a really good one from what I remember I've watched it for a couple of years but this was always one of my favourites from season 12 so I'm really excited for this one I can't wait as well your enthusiasm is now my enthusiasm 
Uh, guys, don't forget, rate and review us in the iTunes store. It's the best way to uh, make sure we boost up the rankings in iTunes when people are searching for new Simpsons podcasts to listen to. Also, follow us on Twitter at FourFingerPod and Instagram at FourFingerDiscount. If you haven't liked us on Facebook yet, what are you doing? Follow us on Facebook as well, just uh, facebook.com slash FourFingerDiscount. And one more quick reminder, uh, Patreon, for as little as $1 per month, you can be part of the Four Finger Discount Facebook group and get access to this podcast and other podcasts a week early. So just go to patreon.com slash FourFingerDiscount. But enough talking, Mr. Davis, any final words for the listeners? Word. Shh.